Chelsea fans, welcome back to another edition of the Rap from Behind the Sand podcast. I'm your host, Jim Hawk. And let me tell you what, school has been bombastically challenging and time-consuming lately, so much so that since I picked up a microphone last, Stanford Bridge legend Super Frankie Lampard has departed from the club after an unacceptable run of form to the point of autocrat Abramovich and monarch Marina Granite Sky. A new era is upon us, Blues fans, as we welcome a tactically transcendent, media-savvy, and bobble beanie enthusiast Thomas Tuchel as Chelsea's new manager. Luckily enough, I'm excited to welcome on to the podcast 3,500 miles east on the other side of my Zoom call this afternoon. One of the most exuberating and intelligent Chelsea personalities in the media industry, abroad on the illustrious Bird platform, and now creating marvelous media on YouTube and on the Byline podcast. Chelsea faithful, Matisse, welcome on to the podcast. Thanks for doing this, man. Man, thank you so much for having me. And what what an intro. I mean, you you are something special, I have to say. You, I, I like the way you string your words together. I can see something. This is great. Fantastic, man. Well done. Thanks for doing this once again. Big ups to you, my guy. My audience has been waiting for this podcast eagerly. I'm thrilled to be talking with you today. As I mentioned in intro, Matisse, it's the first episode of this podcast I've recorded since previewing the Fulham away game with Daniel Child. Safe to say an immense turn of events at the club has occurred since then. Losing to Leicester once again on a damp Tuesday evening a fortnight ago. Felt like the nail in the coffin for the man we love most, Frank Lampard. Chelsea parted away with the legend Monday morning. Matisse, I want to begin the episode going back a few days ago in your shoes, waking up on the 25th. What were your first emotions and reactions after seeing the news Blues fans dreaded, man? Um, man, it was it was incredible. I mean, I, I definitely woke up to the news and and um, Dad came in, knocked on the door and he said, yo, you need to you need to check your phone. And I, I looked at my phone, which was on like 5%. I seen it absolutely popping off, notifications everywhere. Yeah. You know, I thought someone had had, 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 had passed. It was, you know, I thought there was an emergency or something because I, I'd never seen so many notifications in my life. But wow, you know, that news was incredible. It was, it was, it was crazy. It was shell shocking, do you know what I mean? And, and you never, obviously I, I felt like he would have, I felt like he was going to go. But it doesn't prepare you for the announcement itself. No. The actual reading of the writing itself of, of Frank Lampard has been sacked by Chelsea. That's never, it's never something that you can you can get used to. So yeah, man, it was just it was just a shock, really. And um, it, but it was it was definitely coming. I felt like after that Leicester game that it would happen. So yeah, I remember waking up Monday morning before school. I was preparing to write an article. Actually, that subject was aimed at the view of giving Frank some more time to develop because of the youth players and grow as a manager. And I woke up before my usual alarm to the news. And at first I thought it was a dream because you go through Twitter before, there's always memes and fakes of photos, notifications, like the one the fifth stand sent out that morning. Frank Lampard has been sacked by Chelsea. There's been memes about that in the previous weeks. But when I saw Fabrizio Romano's tweet, my heart stopped. I woke up to the news. That's like the first thing that I saw that day to finally realize like the manager who made me fall in love with Chelsea Football Club would no longer be at the helm. And I was somewhere reluctant to the fact early on in the process that Lampard could part ways with the Blues, only being a soccer fan myself for truly only two years now. So some Chelsea fans were proclaiming it'd be a matter of if and not when, like you mentioned earlier, when Frank would be sacked. But that notification from the fifth stand really set my eyes open to the world that really is a Roman Abramovich-run club. I was truly at a loss of words like many. Also the fact that like everything happened so quickly, right? After a positive yeah. FA Cup victory, the club had already signed off the Thomas the Train's arrival to Fulham Broadway, signed, checked, and delivered official hours yeah. before the official statement was released by the club. So there was definitely denial for myself after Manchester City's demolition at the bridge. 
And that's like where it really started, where many reports among reliable journalists had stories that the board had started to look into available managers take over. It's definitely a day all of us Chelsea fans will never forget. I admired Roman's wishes towards Frank for the future in the press statement, along with Frank's statement on what his journey has been like coaching the club he adores. I want to, no pun intended, now touch on the appointment of Thomas Tuchel as manager, <laughs> well known across the soccer globe, most recently leading PSG to their first ever appearance in the Champions League final. Tuchel has been very uplifting professional in his media duties up until this point. He's only had three training sessions with the squad this floor, of course, drawing with Wolves Wednesday. Ethan, how much has your excitement grown just in the past couple of days over the decision to employ Tuchel? Because he's definitely sparked anticipation and gotten Chelsea fans really excited just in his first week with the club. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm immensely excited, you know, everything from the way that he deals with the media and his media yeah. briefings to the, the the training sessions and the new ideas that he's bringing, the small footballs, I thought was a great idea. I think there's definitely mm. some players in yeah. this team that could improve technically. Um, and, you know, he, he just carries himself with a new energy. You know, he's, he's got that Conte, you know, I know, I know maybe he wasn't supporting us back then, but, you know, this Antonio Conte type vibe, passion um, that he used to bring as well. Tuchel very much has that energy that, that want to be here, that expectation that, you know, Chelsea need to win and that he wants to make us mm. feared again. So he's saying all the right things there. But he's also got the the, the positional play um, tactics combined with the flexibility that Sarri never had, um, mm. really, when he was extremely rigid. But he comes with a flexibility of change of formation. We saw that in the opening game where he played three at the back with the wing-backs, um, played Hudson Doyle with right wing-back and allowed him to, to then move into right wing. And that allows us to change shape and switch into maybe a four at the back as well. So we, ha we have now the flexibility and the, the tactical now to now go between multiple systems in a match. And that's, that's another level up for Chelsea fans and up for this squad as well. And then on top of that, he seems to have the you know little inklings of charisma and, and again, media very well trained in the media in terms of dealing with, with the challenges that come because they are they are going to come with the media because they do like to be a little bit biased at times. So And that, that's obviously Lampard's strength from early on. So he, he's a nice combination of every single manager that we've had in the last, you know, the last three managers, I'd say. And they've all been good and bad for different reasons. And I think... If he can, if he can take, and which he looks to have already taken all of those traits and put them together, um, then then we're going to be on for a really successful successful ride. Hopefully, I mean, he, 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 the thing is with the excitement is that it's just so fresh at the moment. The vibe is fresh, mm. the tactics yeah. are fresh, the atmosphere around the players and the club seems to be fresh. You know, there's there's little details in the instructions that I'm seeing being given out to the players against Wolves because there's no crowd, so you're getting that. We're getting a little bit more um, translation in terms of the noise that's been going on um, directly between between the staff and the players now. And um, yeah, I, I, everything just for me is pointing to a, a very successful honeymoon period. Obviously, we know we're in that honeymoon period. There's going to be tough, tough moments to come as well. But you have to enjoy it um, while it's here because at the moment it's been a breath of fresh air. And I'm, I've never been so excited to play um, Burnley in my life, to be honest. And they're yeah. a very boring team to come yeah. up against. So that goes to show everything. Yeah, and like you've shouted, with every press conference comes more respect and admiration that I have for Tuchel. He seems to command the room when he's speaking. He's always smiling, which is something I love also. I recently mentioned that the fact that Chelsea drew with Wolves in the manager's first match in charge. He brought it up also. Tuchel explained thoroughly how unfair some of his lineup decisions were, choosing experience to get him through the night. It was a rather eerie game with the Wanderers. However, there were many bright spots. The Blues dominated possession were quick to win the ball back. When they lost possession, Tuchel's generic back three stood out. Transitioning into the Burnley fixture scheduled for lunchtime in the United Kingdom tomorrow at home, Cullum Hudson-Odoi, the chosen one, a player who always seems to excite Chelsea fans when he steps 
on the pinch. Exemplified his class once more, playing as a plug-and-play right wing back. He was brilliant, being directed, as always, and giving fits to Ryan Newry, Newry all game, so much so that he had to switch flanks after halftime. Only one game into the manager's reign, but it looks, Matisse, like Tuchel sees something special in Cho's eyes. After his performance, you reckon surely he must retain his starting position in the lineup coming hour prior to kickoff tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, um, he has to do for me because he obviously got man in the match. So he's, um, yeah. you know, he's quite clearly evidently our best player, or at least one of our best players as well. Um, and I think I think Tuchel is definitely going to take a shine to him because um, Hudson Odoi's development has been has been fantastic in the last few years. He's obviously gone through his ups and downs and off the pitch um, as well, and uh, with his injuries and, and other other moments as well. But in terms of his development, you know defensive in the defensive phase he's been tracking back we saw that in the Wolves game getting the responsibility to then switch to left wing back um, when Pulisic came on and Pulisic funnily enough played a lot of this right I wouldn't even call it right wing back right midfield because it is more attacking so it's not it's not really a defensive um, role where it can turn into a back five it really is a 3-4-3 quite naturally for the for the for the for the winger to cover the whole length of the pitch but Pulisic played that position that Hudson-Odoi started in at Dortmund um, quite a few times as well so he obviously likes to go with the attacking um, option on the right and the defensive more defensive chill wall etc which, which shoots our team on the left and again it allows us to change shape but Hassan Adoy did switch to the left during the game and made a really important track back to stop a goal and make a slight interception in the Wolves game, which definitely, you know, was a big part of us not losing that game as well, as much as we dominated. And he's just, I've been long time saying it, that he should have been getting more game time under Frank Lampard. He's, yep. he's a very, you know, he is one of our most prized assets in terms of young players coming through because he's very creative. You know, he's 1v1 demon, electric with his pace. He's also got the final product that he's been working on with his finishing and his crossing has always been very good as well. Um, and he's got the versatility to play both sides. So for me, this this is this is one of the most exciting players coming through. So Tuchel for me is, is always been a man that's you know liked to improve young players as well. That's why he fits the criteria to, to criteria of the club. And he he's for me he's going to develop him really well. And he's gonna and you saw the faith that's been put into him. We've seen the images going around, the pictures, the instructions, but then for Hudson Adoy to be the person to also, of course, he got man the match, but for him to also get to do the the post-match interview, you could mm. see him explaining the tactics after one day's training session. You could see the the chest was pumped out, the confidence that he was able to exude. So he's um he's definitely, you know, he's definitely gonna be a player that develops very quickly, I think, under Tuchel. You just brought up how he's gotten directions off the pitch. I think that's something that most of the Chelsea squad were looking for that just wasn't there from Frank. He was kind of active during the game, but he shouted stuff sometimes. But Tuchel is always on it. He's always on the pitch. He's giving instructions all the time. Even during injury breaks, he's bringing over players, guys like Aspie, guys like Cullum. So you shout out Christian Pulisic as always. Cullum, for me, along with Christian, are the best two players in running directly at defenders, without a doubt, for me in the squad. Cho set up an early pass on a platter for Olivier Giroud. But what impressed me the most like you mentioned earlier, was his effort from the win-back role. He won five ground duels Wednesday night and made a point-saver tackle like he brought up on Leander Dendonker in the dying minutes of the game. So there's been a lot of buzz of how Tuchel helped grow and develop Usman Dembele's career. And his time in Germany with Borussia Dortmund, what stands out the most, I went back and checked his stats back in 2016-2017. He scored six goals and had 11 assists in his only year at the Signal in Duna Park. Let's hope that the sky's the limit for Colum under Tuchel. I'm so excited to see what the future holds for Colum at SW6. I want, now I want to move on to potential players we could see tomorrow, Matisse. 
featured for the first mm. time under Thomas Tuchel, the likes of Reese James, Timo Werner, Billy Gilmore, and Kurt Zuma all didn't feature off the bench for the new manager three nights back that I'd all expect to be in the squad for tomorrow's game. Timo Werner, however, is the piece to Roman Abramovich's puzzle, who, in my opinion, if ignited, will blast Chelsea off the trophies of galore. Werner has to be Tuchel's top priority player to reinvigorate his form in the past. Let's remember the fact that Timo has played 12 of his 19 Premier League appearances out on the left flank, not as a striker. He's been in the places he had to score, and recently he just hasn't been able to put the ball in the back of the net. I just mentioned his opportunities and positions inside the box, which is one reason why he's ahead of the likes of Jamie Vardy and Mohamed Salah in the expected non-penalty goals plus assists per 90 minutes in the league this campaign. Matisse, Timo's been a huge talking point on your live streams of recent. What are you most looking forward to now that Werner almost has an entirely fresh start with a new manager who might actually play him up front? It's um, it's it's very exciting. It's not even just a position change because I've I've always felt like that's not the the only reason why he's not performing. He's not, you know, I wouldn't blame Lampard completely for the chances that he's missed in games for the first touch. So there's a lot of personal develop for Timo, personal development that needs to go on for Timo Werner as well. There's a lot of training that needs to go on, and that's this is why I'm happy with you know not only you know Tuchel. As, a, as, as the way that he's handled himself, but also the way that he's he's come and brought new ideas into the training. I think he's going to be he's going to be you know proactive in, in his training methods in terms of keeping the brains ticking for the players, and he's going to do a lot of player development. And, and Timo Werner is a player that needs to develop big time. You know the fundamentals of his game have been poor since he's come in. Regardless of position, these these areas should not be poor. First touch should not be a problem. Finishing, um, missing missing guilt edge chances, it should not be happening. Um, from a player that is there to score score goals. So there's obviously adaptation, but I think out of all of the players so far, he really does need to improve very quickly now because, like I said, Tuchel is there. And so you haven't got the the, the excuse of an inexperienced coach who maybe doesn't have the ability to to promote, you know, to, to propel you as a footballer as quickly as someone like Thomas Tuchel does. Um, and and yeah, he, he needs to step up now. I, don't, I think he's still, he's still going to have a, a way to go. He's a player that thrives on, on spacing behind. He said it himself in... in in, in in the quotes I think I saw on Twitter, um, sourced by Absolute Chelsea. And on top of that, you know, Chelsea, how many times do they come up against teams that will give them space in behind? Not every game. You know, Burnley, for instance, will, will set up with a low block this weekend. Does that suit Timo Werner? We don't know. So he's got a lot of work to do um, personally for himself in getting past low blocks, which he would not have experienced very often in Germany, working on his fundamentals. Um, but I am more confident now Tuchel is in charge that he can get that under control, yeah, for sure. And I'm interested to see, like, how does Tuchel resemble that Leipzig formation that Werner played in last year that he thrived under? He netted in the away trip to Turf Moor this past Halloween in the 3-0 win over the Clarets. And since then, he only has one goal in the Premier League coming in the next game against Sheffield United. It's something Chelsea fans are worried about. However, I have the full faith in Timo that he can be a world-class striker again very soon. Another player who I have the utmost respect for and faith is is the Chelsea board and bread lad himself, Money Mason Mount. There's a reason why he's developed that nickname over the past months. You want to talk about a player who gives every sweat and every tear for his boyhood club out on the training ground and the pitch every time he grazes around. I don't know about you, Matisse, but I look no further than Mason Mount as Chelsea's player of the season so far this campaign. Of course, Lampard symbolically awarded Mason with the captain's armband last weekend. A beautiful moment to witness, and he's a gleaming player to watch every game. Matt wasn't able to fall in two goals first turn 11, but after a key cross and almost won the game, the final second in the ground to one in just eight minutes. Wednesday evening coming off the bench, there's something nothing more Mason could do to impress the new manager. The only question we have for Matt Matisse is, where do you think he fits into Tuchel's system tactically-wise going forward? 
Um, it's hard to say with only one game gone, but I will say is that I wouldn't worry because yep. if Mason will set his standards very high and he always does when he demands things from himself in terms of his application and the way that he's going to play football. He is a lot more technically gifted than people give him credit for as well. And I think the way that Tuchel demands, you know, in the counter press, uh, which we saw against Wolves, the counter press was really good. Mason's always going to thrive in a situation like that as well. Um, and on top of that, having some sort of output as well and end product to his game, which I think is ever going to improve. So, it, it, the thing is, is that we don't want to get caught up on what we saw against Wolves because it was very much a very short-term um, um, lineup, probably the most unfair lineup he's ever going to pick. And on top of that, the formation as well. He's not always going to play um, that formation. He's very flexible. He, you know, goes between about three different formations at, um, at a minimum at times. And he's he's a very flexible coach. You can change it from game to game. So we're not going to see the same repetition and and and. Um, uh, same same set of players every single game so that's where Mason's minutes will come down from Lampard I think that's that's evident it's, it's obvious it's not possible to have the same amount of minutes because he played literally every single minute so he's gonna have to get used to that and I'm sure he's he's gonna be okay with that because his development doesn't need every single minute to be played we've seen that with Phil Foden at Manchester City mm. so yeah I, I'm looking forward to Mason Mason will get game time 100% and and Tisha will improve Mason as well I think Mason um, credit to him has improved a lot this season as well a lot mm. he really has he started taking more responsibility in that midfield playing a bit deeper in the three um, and he's he's been our talisman at times and he's, and he's dug us out of, out of holes in, in the last you know two games before Tusha arrived he was the one that was really you know putting in the hard the hard graft and again set pieces has been huge his corner taken you know his free kicks the long shots have improved as well um, you know the progressive passing stats way up there for him as well um and just in general you know the way that he's able to switch play as well that's been that's been great to see so i'm i'm really impressed with his development i'm very happy with him and yeah i would say him and tiago silver are definitely at the moment shouts for player of the season and i like my previous sentiment with this mason mount has shown on numerous occasions that he can play perform many tasks and positions on the pitch he was playing in a midfield two for england a few months back for gareth southgate and he played amazing scoring a goal in that game playing alongside Declan rice but the thing with for me is you don't throw Mason Mount into the system. You build the system around Mason Mount. When Mason Mount succeeds, the club succeeds, and he's going straight to the very top without a doubt. Before we wrap up the episode, Matisse, let's talk about Sean Deitch's Burnley side, who incidentally are rounded up into that stand-in form before their visit to the bridge tomorrow. Winners of their last three not all competitions, including two absolutely shameless victories in the Premier League at Anfield just last midweek, overcoming a 2-1 deficit to take down a brilliant Aston Villa side 3-2. The clearance at time of recording have seen themselves move to 15th place on the table, nine points clear of the relegation zone, a classic Deitch. 4-4-2 has perpetrated shouts of Liverpool's own sanity, and it looks like Burnley once more will stay clear of relegation. Tactic-wise, our 4-3-3 was able to part the Atlantic Ocean last time you played the Clarets. Majestical Mendy kept a clean sheet. Court, you don't need to buy. Zuma scored a belt header, and all was right in the world. Matisse, look at this picture a while back. It looked like another walk in the park for Chelsea, but now it seems like Burnley will be no pushover at all. Yeah. Um, well, the, the thing is, I'm not really ever going on past form anymore, especially not this season, because every team is proving that they can they can turn up on any given day. I mean, Sheffield United going to Manchester United proved that that was the most out of form team against maybe the most informed team in the league. Um, top versus bottom and they went to Old Trafford and won. And from that that moment there, you realise that form really has to go out the window for these matches. But the, the one trick that I'm seeing with these fixtures is, you know, Burnley 
you know, Sheffield United coming up as well, Newcastle, Tottenham, all potentially going to play low blocks. We saw Jose Mourinho as well um, at Stamford Bridge in the second half, completely parked the bus for the nil-nil. So Tuchel is going to be coming up against the same the same remedy every single time. So, you know, it's going to be good for him to, to get used to the Premier League. He's going to have He's going to have time to go up against these low blocks now. And Burnley's no different. I think Burnley's going to be physical as per usual. You know, they're going to try and nick it. They're going to be in a low block. And usually I would be extremely worried. But because Thomas Tuchel's in charge, he's had a week now with the team. And, you know, he knows how to defeat low blocks. He's been at PSG um, and they, they come up against really nothing else, really. You know, so he's going to, he's going to for me, he's going to be able to get um, the, the boys ticking, you know, find different solutions, which he's always said that he's looking for creative freedom as well for the players to think of their own solutions and I'm looking forward to a little bit more um, penetration through the middle of, of the attack mm. a little bit more vertical passing as well um, because when we what when we pass everyone thinks that you know defeating this low block is a difficult with the situation it's as difficult as you make it um, mm. and Manchester City for me have proved that at times with the way that they play football um, you know if you pass vertically with speed and you get players in and around those those players that you get to hold it up, like your Olivier Giroud or et cetera, whoever you go off, and you start to penetrate the middle and move shape, and you pass quickly along the back line, and you and you try and disturb shape and, and shuffle it across and, and, and take you know players out of their, their positions and start to drag players. And, and when you have 1v1 demons in Hudson-Odoi and Pulisic as well, low blocks become a much easier thing to, to, to displace. If you've got players that are, you know, that are not able to go past another, if you've got players that are not able to take another out of the game, that's when you may be able to struggle because then you are really just relying on your passing. But when you've got players that can go, you know, even Kovacic can skip past a, a player or two in midfield. You've got players that are able to break lines differently. It's not all about the passing. So that's what he's talking about with the creative freedom in his, hopefully in his interview that he'll translate to the players now. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not particularly um, hugely worried. I'm, I'm really just looking forward to see how we play because I know this is a manager that's got a lot of knowledge with, with, you know, being able to impact games tactically as well in games. So if it's not going right, he'll make a change. So uh, I don't, I don't, I, I'm very confident. I think we'll have too much for Burnley quality wise. And, and Tuchel has got a lot up his sleeve, in my opinion, to, to change. This is a very versatile team. Ziyech can play multiple positions. Kai Havertz, Hudson and Doyle, we've seen switch over now from two wing back positions and obviously can play out in the higher wide positions. Um, you know, we've got there's so much flexibility in this team. We haven't even seen Reese James come into it yet. Mm-hmm. There's for me, there's too much ammo to be too worried, to be honest. Yeah, it could be a really long day for Eric Peters and Matthew Loden out on the wing back positions. The Currets are a team who are massively exceeding their expected points in the table this season. It's no doubt it'll be a test for Tuchel tomorrow lunchtime. Before we end up the episode, Matisse, what player are you looking at tomorrow that you're going to have to focus on and seeing can they thrive under Tuchel? Um. If I had to pick one individual, Reese James, I want to see mm. if Reese James, where he plays, because that if he plays the same formation, which he, he probably won't, but if he does, it will be interesting to see if Reese James plays right side of centre back. Um, it will be interesting to see if Reese James takes up the same wide positions or if he also gets used as an inverted fullback and takes up central positions. Um, obviously, we know he's a great crosser, but he's got a lot more to his game than that as well. So I want to see as well um, just, just how much. Just, just how you know how how he's used, and then on top of that, obviously Hudson Odoi is per usual because this is a player that seems to be. I know Pulisic's going to perform with Tuchel. Um, I know Mason Mount's going to perform. I know Jorginho and Kovacic are going to be improved. Um, Timo Werner, I think it's going to be too early to be making any judgments on him. I don't think it's going to be a flip of a switch. It's going to take time, um, not only for the team but for him himself. 
Ziyech is going to be interesting, Kai Havertz, but I, I'd say, yeah, Kai Havertz maybe in, and Hudson Adoy would make up the top three there in terms of players I'm interested to see impact-wise. Yeah, I'm interested to see also because, like, it's something that Hudson Adoy struggled with under Lampard, right? Getting in a, a successful run of games. He would perform yeah. one night and then he would be on the bench for the next couple of games. So I'm getting interested to see how can Hudson Adoy just get even better if he's playing every single game because it's sure to help him, definitely. I think that this can be an pretty easy going for Chelsea on Sunday afternoon. I know that there's a lot of worry from the Chelsea fan case fan base because it's like very toxic. Um, but I think that we can go and get the three points on Sunday afternoon. Matisse, before we end, where can my audience find all your great content on Twitter, YouTube, and also the Byline podcast? Thank you, bro. Um, yeah, you can find me, um, MAH, on YouTube, on um, Twitter, and on Instagram. Mainly it's the YouTube we're pushing right now. Um, Instagram is really just the stories and Twitter. I tweet whenever whenever I can. But really, YouTube is where you're going to see me daily. Um, we've got some really great guests. I can't, I can't scream this enough. Really great guests lined up. Um, some really high-profile journalists. Really high-profile. You know, some of the biggest names in, in, in the world, really. I've always had on my bucket list in terms of, in terms of reporters. We had um, Zach and um, Sam from Football Daily, who also on Chelsea's... YouTube channel as well for um, with a show of Savage Dave and also Sky Sports. So we had them on yesterday. Um, Alex Goldberg's on today for the preview. So yeah, we've got some big, big things coming up. And obviously the byline as per usual is, is where I do my post-match pods as well. So yeah, there's a lot going on at the moment. BBC Radio's tomorrow, um, which I'm really excited about. At last, we're getting that done, um, which is from 11.30 to 12.30. Um, the squad so just overlaps a little bit into the game but we'll we'll get through it um and yeah yeah just a lot of things coming up really looking forward to it man thank you well, thanks once again matisse for joining the podcast chelsea fans i implore you right now to pause this episode go subscribe to matisse's youtube channel his streams are awesome his videos are amazing his collabs are amazing go follow him on twitter because he's one of the best accounts out there on chelsea ft thanks again Matisse for joining. It was a blast. The links to the YouTube and Twitter will be in the podcast bio. Make sure to follow the Lad from Matthew Harden Sam podcast on Instagram by going to at Lad from Matthew Harden pod. Give a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. My match review will be up Monday morning with a really awesome guest. Stay safe, all. Enjoy the weekend and I'll switch up.